new concepts and ideas to help you reach your full potential. Hey guys, welcome back to the Success 101 podcast, another live episode here, and I'm so fortunate to have Michael McGreevy flew all the way in from New York just to be here. No, not really. That's right. Buffalo, New York. Buffalo. Snow is flying right now. I think he's the first person, I kid you not, he's the first person that I know from Buffalo or maybe even who has lived in Buffalo. There's just not many of you guys out there. Hey, Do you get that a lot? I'm, I'm one of a kind. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have people tell you from time to time, like, hey, I don't know anybody from Buffalo? Absolutely. Do you get that a lot? Well, they think we're somewhere up in the Bering Sea or up in Canada and we live our life in igloos or something like that. So uh, <laughs> I get that a lot. But come and see Buffalo. It's actually a great place. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I think about when I think about Buffalo or typically is not only snow, but the Buffalo Bills and the Dallas Cowboys, like nine Super Bowls in a row or something, you know, something like that. You a big Bills fan still? I'm a huge Bills fan. <laughs> well, welcome to Cowboy <laughs> land down here. So I don't know. I hate to be a naysayer. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. The statistics are not with them. Sorry, I'm not being positive here, but at the same time, I'm, you know, I'd love it for them, but I'm not sure it's going to happen. I'll be happy for you if it happens. That'd Jared. be good. That's yeah. awesome. So uh, I want to speak to some of the folks out there that maybe you have this dream or this vision of who you want to become and what you want to accomplish, but it feels like you've been spinning your wheels. It feels like you're not getting anywhere. And from time to time, you just start to think, well, maybe I'm just not the guy. Maybe I cannot become who I really want to become. And I want to paint a little picture of where I started out just to encourage you today and help you believe and help you reframe uh, who you can become and um, how you can get there. So I'll start by just telling you a little bit about what I was like in my high school years. I struggled with anxiety big time. So for those that don't know what anxiety is, it's a very controlling fear that affects basically everything in your life. Um, for me personally, it showed up in around groups of people. Uh, just an example of what it looked like for me, when I was in class, I was so freaked out about answering a question or getting called on that I would hide in the restrooms. It was that bad. I don't but, see you as being that kind of guy. So that's very interesting to share that part of your story. Right. So that's why I want to share this because we might feel like we're way behind the eight ball as far as who we want to become, but it's possible to get there more quickly than you might think. And, and that was my struggle for all through high school and well into college as well. Wow. So it even followed you out to college. Absolutely. And uh, it affected everything too. It affected what I was doing uh, academically, it affected sports. I played college football. I was probably a fraction of what uh, as good as I could have been if I didn't struggle with anxiety. So it affected everything. And I'll tell you what, it was so consuming that for me to think about who do I want to become and what goals do I want to accomplish and where am I going to be in five years, all those questions, I didn't even have the wherewithal to ask those questions because I was trying to survive the day. Wow. Yeah. So let, let's camp out on that for just a second, because I know that you do uh, leadership coaching and life coaching and all those sort of things with, um, is it primarily guys? I mean, men yes. that you're doing coaching with. Okay. That's what I figured. So I'm assuming that when you probably share that part of your story, you probably have guys who say, oh yeah, yeah, I deal with anxiety too. 
but then you kind of get into their story and you realize, uh, no, that's not what I'm talking about. So what I'm getting at here is not to minimize anyone's feelings by any means, but I think there's a lot of people in, whether it's a generational thing, whether it's just today's time thing, that that word anxiety gets thrown around a lot. And I don't know that it really matches up with clinical anxiety, which is likely, sounds like what you were dealing with. I've never dealt with anything like that, but I've certainly told people that I can get anxious, you know, probably a joke to hear that for somebody like you, right? So what I want to ask you, though, is for somebody who's feeling not to the degree that you did, but they're feeling like, oh, yeah, I'm an anxious person, too. Number one, are there ways that we can help them deal with false anxiety, if that's right, for lack of better words, right? Mm. False anxiety to where they can more quickly get out of that because it's really not to the level that you were feeling. But then also, uh, and maybe you're getting to this, how do you work with people who have just that? I mean, that sounds crippling. That sounds really bad. What do you do to coach people through that? Because you obviously can't say, just don't be anxious or... Hey, just think of it a different way. Well, that, that's easier said than done, right? So right. what do you tell people listening in who are going through that and can relate to what you did? Yeah, I think what you're talking about is fear, right? So anytime we pursue something that we don't feel 100% confident with, there's going to be some fear involved. Absolutely, and yeah. And it's going to be scary. To some level, right. And, and that's good, right? That's, it's a good thing to feel fear because it can help you prepare. It can help you grow. Whenever you're growing as an individual, um, there's going to be some fear involved. So what's the anecdote for that? It's to take a step toward that fear and not to run from it. And I think some of my story, as I continue, might help shine some light on yeah, that's on great. how I got yeah. through that. So uh, after I graduated from college, instead of pursuing some sort of career that fit who I am and what I was made to do, I started working construction. So I was building houses. I was working with a close friend, and we were working on the second floor. I watched him step backward into the opening where the stairwell was and fall two stories onto his head into the basement. Wow. And so this is the in the midst of me being consumed by anxiety, this is the experience that I had. Out of desperation, I ran down there to see if I could help him, if I could save him, but he was not moving, not breathing tried to give him mouth to mouth. Essentially, he died in my arms. And I cannot even begin to describe the emotions that I was experiencing at that point and just everything that I was going through, given that I was already dealing with clinical anxiety. And he was a bright kid. He was in process to be in the Secret Service. He was just kind of helping out our crew. So why does that matter? What, What does this have to do with anything? A few months later, I was on vacation with my family and family friends, and I was out in the ocean boogie boarding, having a good time, enjoying myself, clearing my mind a little bit, getting away from everything that had happened. And I noticed I was having a really difficult time getting back into the shore. Like I, I'm a pretty big guy. I've done some uh, swimming. I was a lifeguard. I just could not get back into the shore. And then I looked over my shoulder, and I saw two family friends way out in the ocean. And they're looking back to me, waving their hands, help me. And I looked around, and there was nobody on the beach, and any help would have been across the street and a pretty far walk. I started swimming, and I noticed that I was getting closer and closer to these girls. And I finally reached them where they were out in the ocean, and I saw their faces. One of them was crying, and one of them looked so scared. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, we're going to make it back in. Wow. 
And I looked at them and I said, hold on to me and don't let go until we reach the shore. And I don't even remember what that was like, but we Yeah, adrenaline was taking over at that point. Yeah, I think so. We were swimming, fighting the waves and fighting and fighting. We ended up on the shore, eventually exhausted. But in that moment, for the first time in my life, I believed that I had something to offer. And I believed that it was good. And I could help some other people believe that same thing. You acted on it because there was a compelling reason. Something provoked you. And for many of us out there, we've got to find that compelling reason that provokes us. And little did you know the message that was going to come out of that other than, hey, I made it, right? I made it. I saved them. That probably set a course for your life for where you are today, if I had to guess, and and the man you've become. Yeah, absolutely. And the, I think the biggest part of this whole experience for me, the most significant thing that happened was I then had a new understanding of who I was, a new identity. My old identity was I'm a fearful person, um, I'm scared, I'm cowardly, I avoid people, that whole identity as a result of my experiences and what people had said. And now I had a new version of that identity. And knowing who I was was so much more important than knowing what I was supposed to do. And I think that's the first step for somebody who feels stuck and isn't getting the traction that they want to get in their lives. You know, I was just talking to somebody about this uh, today and yesterday. So I started a conversation with a couple of people here in this office yesterday, and it bled on over in today. Is just if your motivation is, if your motivation for some of us out there is to please others or you're working for others to make things uh, defining moments in your life or defined identity in your life, but you're just kind of sorting your way through as many of us do, and you're doing it to please others. And you don't have deep within yourself locked in why you're doing certain things. That's not long lasting. That's that, right. that does not stand the test of time because eventually that flame burns out and either you're burnt out or you're onto something else, you know, or whatever. So I think you're absolutely right. I mean, for all of us out there, we've got to figure out what do we really believe? What do we stand for? What's our identity? And I would say that most guys out there, I meet with a lot of people throughout the year, financial clients, guys that I'm coaching. Um, I would say that people think they have identity about what they want and who they are, and they use that word and they throw it around just like they throw around anxiety, I would think. Right. But if you really had to get them to put down pen to paper and run them through a few exercises, I don't know that they really know what their identity really is. Right. And it's easy to look at other people and use other folks as a, a measure of what success is. But that, like you said, that is short-lived. It's not going to be long-lasting. You need to know who you are. Other people's version of success is not necessarily going to fit yours. And if you want to have a long, sustained, successful life where you're thriving, you need to know this about yourself. You need to know who you are. Yeah, and the older I get, the more, you know, I, and I don't know it to the level that you do, right? But, but the older I get, the more I'm realizing how incredibly important it is. We can learn from other people. There's a lot of guys you and I both know that are sending a message out there in their trades and their careers and on social media and all of that. You can tell that they know what their brand is or their identity. And we can learn from them and we can build, you can build your coaching business off the ideas of mentors and people who have gone before you. But I think that only makes sense and really sticks and is concrete for your own life when you know who you are. That's right. That's a great message, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So there's a few ways that I can give you a couple practical ways right now where you can start to uncover what that Before you dive into is. that, can, can, I'm sorry to cut you off there, but before you dive into that, can we just, just real quick so we don't spend too much time on it because I do want to get into that. But, but what do you think that, Looking back on it now, what do you think that anxiety 
stemmed from back then. Because hmm. here's why I ask this. I've heard a lot of studies or whatever that says that when we're born, there's only, we're kind of wired and created with only two fears that the research world can prove. And hmm. that's fear of falling and fear of loud noise. So everything else has to be learned out there. So I'm curious for a guy who was at a very young age already kind of gripped with anxiety and fear, you probably didn't feel like, well, I didn't, man, I didn't have to learn that. It was on me. Like it can't, you know, I was consumed by it. But I'm curious if that's what the research world says, is it's fear falling and loud noise and everything else has to be learned. The positive part of that is we can unlearn it. Right. What is your thought on that of someone who even early on was gripped by these anxieties and where did that stem from? I completely agree. Usually someone that is consumed by a fear that's a result of a specific event that happens. And through that event, they begin to believe something about themselves or the world because that event affected them so much. You know, it's a good message there. I think it could start from just some untruthful things building up in your mind that then carries a ripple effect out into your life. That's right. Maybe you get in a car accident that really scares you and you're afraid to drive and that that causes anxiety. Or maybe you are in a a big room of people and you said something stupid and somebody made fun of you and that stuck with you. Now you're never going to say anything else in a big group of people because you're afraid to do that. So there's things that happen to us throughout our lives that then allow fear to take hold and affect the rest of how we see the world. So we, we have to unpack some of that. Yeah, so that's a really good message. And identifying with what those things are as early on as we can, once we mature and realize it and and we're able to pinpoint it and then really trying to work through that as fast as we can to get to the people that we want to be, I think is crucial. That's right. So take us through some of those steps that you were just mentioning there. Sure. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with some of the personality profiles out there. Yeah. There's the disc profile, there's the strengths finder, uh, Myers-Briggs. That can be a helpful guide. It's it's not going to be the end-all be-all on who you are, but it can be a little bit of a a guide and it can bring some awareness to how you're wired and how you interact with other people. So if you haven't done one of those tests, I'd highly recommend doing a personality profile. Um, Another thing you can do is I originally learned this from Donald Miller, but there's an exercise that you can do where you go back in your life from the day you were born until today and write down every significant moment in your life, whether that's negative or positive, Mm -hmm. and then rate each one of those on a scale of 1 to 10. And then you can take another... Just everything that you can come up with and remember. Everything that's significant. Significant, okay. Right. And uh, I think you're going to share these these sheets with with your audience. Yeah, guys, I'll, uh, Michael's got some, uh, some sheets that I'll link up or some documents that you can download. I will link that up on the show notes and on the blog post after this Facebook video goes live straight to my blog. And then the podcast will come out probably next week, and it'll be on the podcast page as well over on my website. Yeah, and anyone that needs some more help with this, feel free to reach out to me anytime as well. But the next step after you get the majority of those laid out in front of you is to then plot them on a graph from the day you were born to up until today in order, in chronological order, and you'll start to see a pattern of what has happened to you in your life and why you think the way you think and how your identity has formed over those years. And some of that's going to be negative and not true, and you'll have to change your thinking on some of those things. And some of it's going to be really good. That's a really helpful step in understanding your story and how your identity has been shaped um, over your life. 
if you don't mind sharing what was maybe, well, no, no, I don't want you to share because then that might add some bias to other people going through the exercise. <laughs> you guys go figure it out yourself. So uh, I don't want you to, I just thought of that. I, I'm, I'll get you with you offline. And you okay. can tell me, right? So that's the exercise. We're going to post that. And then that's going to really share. And, you know, in my book, uh, From Success to Significance that I've, you may have heard me talk about before, Curtis Estes and I, the co-author, we did a, a highlight reel. Now we didn't, there's no plotting or anything like that. That's very interesting. I look forward to doing that. We listed out every significant thing you can remember for the same reason. Mm. It may not be significant to anybody else. Me, bungee jumping in Australia, nobody else cares, right? Right. But that was a really cool thing for me. And I was on the mountaintop whenever I did that. Not literally, but you get what I'm saying. So those are just big things in our lives that really shape who we are. And uh, I love exercises like that. It's just, mm. we've got to take the time to do them. That's right. They sound great, but are you going to take the deep think time to actually sit there and do it and really discover more about yourself? Because you're not going to find out your identity until you do that. That's right. It's crucial, guys. And sometimes you want to skip over that step and just get to that productivity. Let me see some results. But it's worth taking a look back. It, it can really make this process of becoming who you're meant to be all that more smooth and all that more um, rapid, honestly. Uh, another thing you can do as well is... Dig into some of the relationships that you have, the close relationships that you have. Ask them what they think. Like, what do they think about you? What are you strong at? What do you need to work on? That's difficult to start to ask those questions, especially from people who really know you well. But it's worthwhile to dig into those relationships and, and get some honest feedback about what they see about how yeah. you're wired and who you are. And if you're a person of faith, too, um, committing to some of this to prayer, or if you journal, spending some time journaling about this stuff is really important as well. So there's, those are a couple practical things you can do. Honestly, if you need some more help, I'd be happy to connect with you as well. What would you say, and I'm just, I'm thinking here, I'm always trying to put myself in the shoes of the listeners or where I've been and just, you know, people in highly active roles out there that are just grinding it out, trying to find their path towards success or significance or, you know, whatever word you want to put in there that just really means something. I think this identity word Many times, I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, I know for the people I talk to, but I'm guessing for a lot of our people worldwide that are listening to this, to some level, men especially, this word identity might seem a little what I would just call hocus pocus. It's like, mm. you know, I bet, I bet there's people out there dealing with exactly what you did or maybe worse that go, man, that dude's right on. Mm. I wish I'd had some of that coaching in my life whenever I was going through whatever. But I bet there's a lot of people, maybe even the majority of people that haven't had anxiety, haven't had to really discover who they are to come over a lot, overcome a lot of that, that might be going, man, I don't, I'll make my identity as I go through life and I have life changes. I don't need to sit around and think about who I am and create a highlight reel and plot, you know, I need to get back to work, you know, because right. the longer I sit around thinking about my identity, I'm losing out on living life, you know, and going <laughs> and doing all this stuff, right? Very closed minded, you know, very closed minded. But if you haven't been through some of that, what would you tell that type of person who, as I mentioned before, very likely, because I just know that I've taken clients through this before and coaching clients through this who say, maybe not the identity word, but they say they know exactly what they want and they know exactly where they're going. And when you force them to put pen to paper, it's really not that clear. I think identity could be the same way. I know my identity. I know who I am. I'm confident in that. But then describe that. They can't do it. So there may need to be some sharpening there. So what would you tell that person that thinks they don't need to do the identity work? This is, that's a deep question. And you're right. Not everybody is going to need that awareness to move forward. But it does connect with that question of why. Yeah. Why are you doing what you're doing? And really, let's climb inside your head for a second. When you're driving from one office to another, 
or you're sitting at your desk, what thoughts go through your head about yourself, about who you are? All those questions, like we all deal with some negative thoughts, right? We start to believe some of that negative stuff, and then it takes a part in forming what we think about ourselves. So I would say it is absolutely crucial. Well, you're not going to have a immediate ROI that you can measure from doing something like this. Knowing who you are is absolutely crucial because otherwise you're going to let just your experiences shape what your identity is. And I mean, that's a problem, honestly, because generally, like you said, the natural progression is to go to the negative and the world tends to be negative. Society tends to be negative about things. And so you need to truly know who you are and have that look inward for that answer and not outward. If you haven't done something like this, take the time to do it. And once you start to see the pattern of your life and how it has all unfolded, the vision of the future and where you're going becomes so much more clear. So if that's what you're after, if you want to really crystallize your vision, know who you are, move forward with confidence, knowing you're headed in the right direction, take the time to look back and notice where you've come from. And I know you're super passionate and your your message, a lot of your message you want to get out to people from what I understand is just how success begins at home. For a lot of us guys, I mean, myself included, right or wrong, it is what it is. We spend so many hours away from the home that many times that becomes our identity. Home is almost like a it's just a, a thing that we go to for a little while every day to get our food and see our families for a little while. And you're already thinking when you get home about, okay, I got to do all this stuff at work the next day. And I got to, and so I'm guilty of this big time as well. And learning how to deal with it is just being fully present, being fully engaged with my spouse, being all of that, that, that we want to be as husbands and as fathers, but really success, I love that message. Success begins at home. Tell us how success begins at home as far as the message you have and how we can get a grasp of that when so many of our hours are spent away from the home. Mm. Yeah, I am very passionate about this subject. And um, I think step one here is, let's assume that you are married just for this conversation. Having a conversation with your wife about what you both want. It sounds really simple, but how many of you out there have taken the time, and I'm saying no kids, you know, no distractions, sit down with your wife and begin to talk about where do we want to live? What do we want our lives to look like? How do we want our lives to affect the world or change the world? Um, what are our hopes? What are, what are our dreams? Like, have you s- taken that time and really dug deep into that with, with your spouse? If you haven't done that yet, take the time to do that. Because oftentimes what guys will do We just want to accomplish, right? We just want to get to the next thing. We want to be respected. And some of us are trying to out-earn our issues at home. If we just make more money, if we're more successful, if we're more respected, then things at home will automatically get better. And I would say flip that thing upside down. Start at home. Start deciding what you want your family to look like, what you want your marriage to look like. Start there. And when that is in a successful rhythm, that's going to flow into what you do for career. Yeah, and I think a lot of guys out there aren't having those conversations with their spouses. I mean, maybe it could be a number of things, right? But maybe one of two things pop up with the people that I talk to is it's either they are so opposite, have grown apart. You know, everything was perfect when we were dating and we were all on the same page and we saw eye to eye and we looked past each other's flaws. And now after 10 years of marriage or whatever, it's like, 
we don't even see eye to eye anymore. So I'm not going to go schedule that conversation. That'd be a right. beat down. That'd be brutal. Right. Um, or the other thing is just that they just, they do see eye to eye on things, but they are just so they've gotten into the just bog, just bog down life and uh, just the grind that getting together for something like that might be helpful, but it's just not appealing, you know? So I think if you're, if you're rekindling the relationship with your wife, so to speak, and you realize even if we're different, but we're good, we're good and we're confident in what we are and where we're going as a family, boy, those conversations are a lot easier to have. For sure. And you want to be remarkable at home, right? Like if, if we want to be excellent at what we do in career, wouldn't we want our lives at home to be excellent as well? What if we have all the success in the world and we come home and we're in a house full of strangers? Yep. What is that worth? Who can we even share our success with if, if those relationships are strained and if they're not open and honest and they haven't been invested in for years and years consistently? And I can give some practical ideas on how to do that if, if that would be helpful. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, so just one thing. I mean, you hear people talk about this, but it's so important. Date night, right? Yeah. Man, I'm guilty. You know? Everybody talks about it, but are you doing that? Best of week intentions. In and week out? Best of intentions and extremely poor follow through. So your most important meeting of the week needs to be that meeting. Yep. That date night. That is has been a game changer for me. When I decided to do that, it just brings us together. Instead of us living in separate worlds and then just joining up at the end of the day, like you said. It just kind of brings us back together, puts us back on the same page, and we're back a team again. But I, I've got some good counsel on that and, and have done that, and it's really been helpful. Here's another one. It's, this one might sound a little strange, but I'm what, ready. what do on. you do when you walk in the door after a long day at work? What happens? If you have kids, what happens? Your kids come running to the door, Yeah, it's an right? ambush. It's an ambush. Hey, Daddy, good to see you. We missed you, all that kind of stuff. And eventually, you make your way over to your wife, and you're like, hey, how's your day? Yep. How you doing? Good, cool. I'm going to go play with the kids or whatever. Well, here you go. This is a challenge to everyone out there. And I learned this from Andy Andrews, actually. Oh. He said, you should walk right by your kids. <laughs> I, say, know where you, I know where you're going with this. Hold on, buddy. Hold on. Uh, I got to go say hi to mama first. And then, then we can talk. Walk right by them and say, hey, babe, how was your day? Give her a big kiss. And then go back to your kids. Man, I am challenged. I will give you my word. And I don't give people my word on the spot very often. Wow. But I need you to check in with me on that. I will. I want to do that. I will. That's very cool. That's awesome. I think that that little simple act, again, the, the defining moment, the ripple effect, you can have little defining moments, right? Yes. That, will, uh, that alone, I can tell already, will change a lot. And you're in finance. So you, that is like putting a $100 bill in your bank account when you're 20 years old and then you're a multimillionaire when you're in your 50s, right? <laughs> right. It's the same thing with your yep. marriage. You want to be a multimillionaire in your marriage and your relationship? Start putting those deposits in now regularly. That's, That's a good tip. That's I awesome. just want to take that one step further. So one thing that that does, it says to your wife, you are the most important person in my life and I am going to act that out. And guess who else that says it to? Is the kids too. Yep. Oh, wow. That marriage relationship? That should be the most important relationship in their life, and then us. And it gives them a sense of security because they know your parents are together. And so it's, it's been huge in my life. Yeah, hopefully my wife does not listen to this podcast, and then she <laughs> thinks I came up with that idea, right? <laughs> She's going to be like, you're busted. You're doing that because Michael told you to. Yeah, that's right. And you, you touched on it a little bit, too. When you're home, be home. Yeah. When you're at work, be at work. 
And it's really freeing when you do that because a lot of guys feel guilty about not really being home when they're at home. So when they walk in into work, they're feeling that pressure, and then they go home and they're feeling like they miss out some. They're missing out on something at work, so they feel yeah. torn in that way. Just be be where you are. Cut it off. Step into your home. You're there. Same thing with work. Then you can work with reckless abandon, knowing that I put my time in at home, and they know when I'm home, I'm going to be home. That's What's great. It's a, it's it's uh, you know for me just being transparent. It is a struggle and has been. And uh, yeah, we've we've done some things lately in our marriage that have just really set us on a new course. Um, just like never before, where I'm you know I don't use words very loosely. If I don't believe something, I typically just don't say it. So if I mm. say it, you can probably take it to the bank. But mm. but uh, I I hear exactly what you're saying, and I want to you know tell the listeners out there that just little changes in your marriage when things are right there boy, everything else is so much better. And we're setting some new, we're blazing some new paths now, not to be too cliche there, but we're blazing some new paths in our marriage over the last probably 15 to 20 days that literally have me wanting to feel like, you know, we've been married this uh, February, it'll be nine years. And we literally had said the other night, I said, I want to live the next nine years on what we've been missing out on these past nine years, wow. just having the wrong mindset and the wrong framework, and then kids come, and it makes it so much more difficult. Yeah. Uh, but I can just tell, when I come here each day after everything's right there, I feel more empowered for the right reasons. I feel more mm. confident. I feel more, not because anything she said that made me feel more confident or anything she did, but just because I know things are right where they're supposed to be right first. Mm. And I can come here with a 5,000-pound weight off my shoulders. So I'd encourage yeah. all of you guys on that, and, and so females too, for listening in as well. So it goes for you guys as well. I'm working on it too. And you know, I'll tell you a quick story. My son Gunner, who's almost two years old, uh, just the other day, this crushed me, but he looks up and he says, Oh, Papa's on his phone, like kind of in his own broken English. <laughs> and uh I was on on my phone doing work stuff, standing right next to him. There he is, my own son that I could be playing with, and I'm I got my head in this dumb digital device. And so that rocked me and I still do that, and I still make mistakes in that area, but these moments with our kids, while we don't see them as necessarily important because they're not attached to some bigger moment, those are what matter. Those are the things that truly matter. And when we make deposits in those relationships now consistently, at the end of it, when we experience career success, we can um, be confident that those relationships are going to be strong as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. What else would you say for uh, for the listeners out there who are working through success at home and just trying to get a pulse of gosh we're in a you know we're in a spot right now not not we I'm just saying the listener right mm. my, we're in a spot right now let's say somebody says this we're in a spot right now my wife and I where the thought of going and approaching her first when I walk in I could do that but that doesn't mean anything that doesn't mean a lot to me right now because we're just not on the same page these other things, being on the phone in front of my kids, they're young enough. They really don't know what I'm doing right now. So I can kind of get away with it a little bit. How does the success at home that you're passionate about teaching your clients about those practical things are great. And I'm sure there's much more that you can give, but how do we really start framing our mindset to even get into a position where those things are what we're driving for and what we're trying to do that can then ripple out to other places. If somebody's just so far from that place in their heart and in their mind, they might not be as far as they think, even though the way it looks right now is not where it needs to be. But ask yourself this question, what do I want my marriage to be like? And 
if you want it to be the way it is now or worse, then don't do anything differently. Don't do these things that are going to change everything. Listen, when you do that the first time and go up and kiss your wife instead of kissing your kids first, it's going to be awkward. It's going to feel weird. Sure. Yeah. Um, but often as guys, like we're kind of waiting for the right time or waiting for someone else to do that or initiate that in, in relationships specifically. And we need to lead in that. We need to say, no, I'm going to start investing now. I'm going to start doing things differently now. I'm going to lead that process. And it might feel weird and I might stumble and it may not go exactly the way that I plan, but is it still worth doing? If you want to have a remarkable marriage, if you want to have great relationships in your family, if you want to enjoy being with your family, then yes. Yeah. And I, I love that point you said about you may not be as far as you think you are, because I wouldn't believe this if you told me, but your comment about you may not be as far off as you think you are. Very recently, again, within the last few days, we've had some very defining moment conversations that were provoked by the hardship, that were provoked by some of the years that we've gone through. And I can't tell you guys, I can't explain it. I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't have believed it if I didn't live it out in my own life. But a couple of the right conversations absolutely can turn you on a different path in your marriage, Mm. which then have me also wanting to be better in my friendships better here as an employer or as a coach, yes. as a financial advisor. I mean, again, you hit the nail on the head. Success starts at home. Right. And there's going to be some people out there that maybe don't take that and receive it uh, just because of where you are right now. But I, I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm a walking example of that, of how things can change so quickly with the right heart, the right mindset, a receiving heart, and the right attitude going into very pointed and targeted conversations. And then suddenly everything changes that then empowers you to go and do so much more. Mm, Absolutely. And it it might be a little bit overwhelming hearing about all these ideas and things that you can do. For now, just pick one. Just take a step in that direction and say, I'm going to commit to doing this one thing regularly and see what happens. Just see how that changes your relationship. And another word too, your marriage may not be falling apart, but it's always healthy to get some counseling as well. Um, my wife and I are looking into spending some time with a counselor just because we want to get better. We have a, a great relationship, but we want it to be remarkable. So um, investing in counseling is a good idea as well. Yeah, I heard somebody say at one point, and you know, I was younger and it didn't make a lot of sense to me, but it certainly does now. It's either you know, you're gonna you're either gonna go to counseling voluntarily or you're gonna be forced to go. Mm. But at some point, you're going to go. So you might as well make it easier on yourself and just go ahead and go. Right? Yeah. Do it while you're on top, and then you never have to worry about getting so low in the in the ditch so michael as we get ready to wrap up the podcast i feel like i go on and on about about that but i would love to know from you just in your leadership coaching how you're helping guys um well i'll take a step back here because i was going to say this for a second and i I know i'll regret it if i didn't i know in your group fathers husbands leaders i know it's a, a private group a smaller group probably intentionally um but you issue some weekend challenges yes on that and uh I always see like the little thumbnail of it, but you can't really read it. So you, when you click it, I'm like, oh man, what's this going to be? <laughs> it's like a little bit scary, right? Yeah. One of it was like, talk to your wife about sex one week or one, that was a weekend <laughs> challenge. I was like, oh wow, why, why is that a fearful thing? You know, so it's, <laughs> it's just the things that we don't, you know, that we don't do uh, regularly. And the other one that I just saw this past week was sit down and have a conversation with your wife about your goals. Right. Uh, just same thing that you just mentioned. So keep, man, keep issuing those challenges. Those are good. Uh, but as we get ready to wrap up the podcast and just so many good things here, what would you tell somebody 
who um, I'm thinking about my listeners out there that are in active roles, a lot of stress each day, even if they're handling stress well, they're still having a lot of stresses applied to them. Having kids or have had kids for a while, building a career or have built a career for a while, and now they're just kind of stuck with what's my vision and purpose. What would you tell somebody as far as mindset when you're coaching your clients, I would say, uh, what I'm referring to here, mindset in today's time with all the busyness, all the noise, all the phones, all the stuff in your face, but yet a world that keeps telling us you got to keep going or Mm. you'll get passed up. You got to keep going or you won't live up to your potential. You got to keep going or this or that or the other. And so it feeds that fear within you. What would you say are some practical steps to start working in the right direction to be more successful, not only at home, but just in the way you stink and think about things every day? And I didn't mean to say stink and thinking. That's Zig, <laughs> that Zig Ziglar line. You don't want to have Zig. any stink and thinking, right? He's the one yeah, that taught me that. But, uh, but just thinking in the right way to really, really make 2017 not only a successful year, but full of significance for their family, for themselves, for their business, all of that. Busyness does not equal success, right? Man, that's so true. And when uh, we don't feel good about where we are, we busy ourselves so it seems like we're up to something that's important i would say take the opposite approach i'm a big fan of bob goff i don't know if you know who Mm -hmm. bob goff is yeah he every thursday he quits something this was actually the last weekend challenge on husbands fathers leaders was to pick something in your life that is not as valuable as you think it might be and quit i missed that one i didn't see that one we need more space in our lives. Not, we don't need to pack more in. We need more space to think, more space to spend time with our family, more space to reflect. And the more we keep packing more and more and more in, the less successful we're going to be, in my opinion. So simplify. Get very clear on what those few important things are and focus in on those and get rid of all the fluff that we're trying to jam into our schedules. Yeah, I have never been so uh, on target with trying to figure out how to be more of a minimalist than I am right now, mm. because I'm tired of running that race, just to be frankly honest with mm. you. It's it's the busyness leads to more busyness leads to more busyness, and then you get out to a certain point in life. I hear my clients say it all the time that I'm doing financial planning with, where they say, man, I blinked and I'm 45 years old, I'm 52 years old, I'm 58 years old. Holy cow, where's time gone? And my biggest fear is... Uh, a Wasted Life from a Spiritual Significance. Oh, just John Piper's book, um, Don't Waste Your Life. Just a, a big, you know, get out to the end of our life and just what a nightmare. Realize it was wasted. And you could define that a lot of different ways for different people. But, you know, just trying to figure out how to cut back on things, how to slow down so that you can go faster. I, I just mentioned we put out this morning Success 101 podcast live number seven, and we were talking about uh, multitasking and motivation and some things behind that. Jordan Earls and I And that point came up of just being more of a minimalist and uh, just getting things away so that we can be stronger and better. Busyness in the wrong way, right? Not harnessed will lead to more busyness, but it takes years to discover that you've just been spinning in the desert, right? (laughs) So Yeah, we don't want that. So what is, uh, I guess, a couple of final points here that we could leave our listeners with just to empower them on all of this. If you could just sum it up, um, the anxiety part, the identity part, the success at home, the mindset, just some things that have been important to you with your coaching relationships and just that you've learned from others that you follow out there. And I'd love to know who, who 
you follow, whether it's social media, so there's somebody that kind of speaks to you or mentors you that we could all follow after that's helped you a lot. I'd love to know that. And, um, and just any parting words that you have for our, our listeners out there. You becoming who you want to be is not that far off, but you do need to know who you are. So if you struggle with fear or anxiety, or maybe it's something other, something else that's big and you feel like you can't overcome it, you need to move toward that and face it and go in that direction and not avoid it and try to hide it because that's, that's going to be the solution there. And take some time to reflect on your identity. Do some of these exercises that I shared with you and um, take that time to reflect and really try to understand how are you wired, who are you, and what does success look like specific to you and your family. And then uh, getting things right at home is really important. Have those tough conversations. It's it's scary for us guys to open ourselves up to our wives and and uh, what will they say? What will their answer be when we ask them, what do you want your life to look like? Can we deliver on that? Wow. We don't have to have all the answers on it, but we yeah. do have to have the conversation. We have to start that conversation and lead it. And it may not go very well the first time. They may say some things that we're not, we don't like to hear, but it's the things that we things that we need to hear, not that we want to hear that make the most growth. Yeah, so I'd encourage right. you guys in that too, that, that if it, you build up the courage and you finally go, I'm going to take Michael's advice. I don't feel like it in my heart or in my mind, but I, I, I don't like where we are now. I'm going to go do this. And then it doesn't go that great because maybe you get some real truth thrown back your way that you weren't prepared to hear. Mm. Don't quit there. You've got to go on back in as hard as that is, because that's where the growth is going to happen. Mm. And keep it simple too. Yeah. There's a million ways you can go, a million directions you could go in, but try to focus in on those just few things that are most important to you and get rid of the rest of the clutter. Wow. That's huge. Man, thanks so much for being here with us today. I know awesome. uh, when you're traveling to other towns and your schedule's packed, it's, you know, this is not the most convenient thing. But uh, when you reached out, I was like, man, I'm definitely taking him up on that because I've got to get him by here. But, uh, Keep doing what you're doing. Where can we find you in the world of, uh, you know, social media, your website, all of that, where people can just learn more about uh, what you're doing? And also, is there anybody that is uh, kind of somewhat mentoring to you right. out there? Yeah, I have a lot of mentors. Uh, Dan Miller is certainly a mentor of mine. Aaron Walker. Dan's coming on the podcast next week. Fantastic. He is amazing, and he is really been Dan, I look a... forward to having you on if you're listening to this. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate everything he's done for me and just what he does for other people. Check him out at 48days.com for sure. Yeah, I'm reading his book right now, 48 Days to the Work You Love. And uh, I know Scott Beebe, a good good friend of ours, is also uh, connected well with him. Aaron Walker, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, who I've had on the podcast and just great, great wisdom. I love I love him. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's just so many great books out there that are coming out recently. I'd Try to have my head in at least uh, um, one book at a time. I'm trying to do one book at a time because you know how all these books come out and you get all excited and you want to read them all. And, yeah, uh, I'm just, just trying to focus in and go deep on a couple books at a time as well, and that's that's been helpful for me. Awesome. And then uh, where people can find you who are trying to find out more about you? Yeah, so my uh, website is mccreevyleadership.com. That's m-c-g-r-e-e-v-y leadership.com. If you're a guy and you have kids and you want to be challenged on a weekly basis, come check me out in the private Facebook group, Husbands, Fathers, Leaders. And if you just want to email me and talk through some of the stuff that we talked about today, I'd be happy to connect with you. My email is michael at mccreevyleadership.com. 
And I'll link all of that up in show notes as well. So if you guys are out there driving around uh, when this podcast comes out, you don't have to worry about trying to get all that down. Just go to the show notes. That's success101podcast.com forward slash episodes. I don't know which number this one's going to come out to, uh, depending on when it's posted this next week. But uh, for success101podcast.com forward slash episodes, you'll be able to find it in there uh, sometime uh, around mid to end of next week. And uh all of that. So, man, thanks again for your time. We really appreciate it. It's been an honor, Jared. It's been awesome. Glad you're here. And thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate it.